The South Carolina Gamecocks will be taking on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl on December 30th. How should Gamecock fans feel about this matchup? You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, Andrew Lyon, and as always, thank you for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first watch or listen here today. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, We have officially reached bowl season, and the South Carolina Gamecocks are going to be playing in what will arguably be one of the most hyped-up bowl matchups of potentially the entire postseason, as the South Carolina Gamecocks are going to be taking on the 8-4 Notre Dame Fighting Irish. It's going to be one of just a few ranked matchups that will be taking place outside of the New Year's Six Bowl games and obviously the college football playoff slate that's going to be taking place, I believe, on December 31st or New Year's. So with all that bearing in mind, what should the overall feeling be around this game? Well, in my opinion, this bowl game between the South Carolina Gamecocks and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish will be a great opportunity for South Carolina to continue to grow their national perception by knocking off another national brand in Notre Dame. For those of you who have watched college football for any decent length of time, you don't need really a whole lot of explanation regarding this aspect. But obviously, Notre Dame is considered to probably be, by most people, one of the top three or five brands in all of college football because of the history that they have in their program that dates all the way back to the early 1900s, all the way back to when Newt Rockne was the head coach of the Fighting Irish, and of course, their unique relationship with the Catholic Church. A lot of fans around the country who happen to be Catholics that follow their athletic programs to a great extent, it is a very widespread reach that the Fighting Irish have in terms of the appeal and prestige with the ND logo. So in terms of all the opponents that South Carolina could have faced in a bowl game, you know, Notre Dame was one option. Illinois ended up being a popular pick in the day or two leading into these bowl announcements. And Purdue was another one as well. But in terms of opportunities to grow your brand and continue to increase your national exposure, there's no bigger one than taking on and trying to knock down the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Now, how did this entire thing end up playing out? Well, obviously, Notre Dame is going to be, quote-unquote, the ACC's representative for the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. And a big sticking point for the Gator Bowl was that it came down to, in the final moments, Notre Dame or North Carolina. And it seemed like that they pretty much were decided on the fact that they did not want North Carolina playing South Carolina for a few different reasons. One, South Carolina had played North Carolina last season in the Dukes Mayo Bowl, so the appeal of a game like that automatically would be a little bit lower. Secondly, North Carolina's fan base is viewed to be a wine and cheese crowd if it's a sport that is not men's basketball, to be honest, and so 
There was a little bit of a worry with the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl of, you know, there being a good amount of fans for North Carolina's side that would travel to the game. They know that South Carolina, with how they ended their season, is going to travel. They wanted South Carolina from the beginning. The Citrus Bowl wanted South Carolina real badly. The Reliquist Bowl was very interested in South Carolina. Those were the three bowl games from the very onset. But... The Gator Bowl did not want North Carolina. The issue was the Holiday Bowl, all the way, I believe, on the West Coast, wanted Notre Dame to play against Oregon in their game. And so there was a back-and-forth affair that literally took place in the 11th hour of these bowl announcements, which was why South Carolina's took so long to finally actually be announced on social media, essentially, or reported by a bunch of college football insiders like Brett McMurphy, and so it eventually reached the point where the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl won out. And that is why South Carolina will be playing Notre Dame. Now, Notre Dame did lose to Ohio State, Marshall, Stanford, and Southern Cal during the regular season. A couple of, you know, I guess good losses is the only way you can term it. Because obviously Ohio State, you're not going to, you know, degrade Notre Dame for losing a game like that. But losing games like Marshall and Stanford don't look so hot on the resume. So... Notre Dame is definitely in a quote-unquote down year, I guess, in terms of their regular season record. But as we'll discuss them over the next couple of weeks, this is still a team that's got plenty of talent on both sides of the ball. Now, in terms of the on-field matchup itself, Notre Dame's offense is fueled by their ground game. They average 182.8 yards per game on the ground and possess three running backs who have rushed for at least 423 net yards this season. The Fighting Irish are also really good at finding ways to extend drives, as they have converted 45.9% of their third down attempts on offense, which ranks 24th in the country. Defensively, the Fighting Irish's bread and butter is their pass defense, as they're giving up only 190.6 yards per game through the air, and they're 18th in the country in sacks per game, racking up... 2.92 sacks on average per contest. So with how South Carolina might have to combat Notre Dame on offense and defense. So looking at how South Carolina's defense might need to attack Notre Dame's offense, the strategy they employ might need to be the same as it was when they played the Clemson Tigers, which is essentially Clayton White challenging those wide receivers of Notre Dame on the edge to beat the Gamecocks consistently in man-to-man coverage, stack the box, have those linebackers creep up closer to the line of scrimmage, and again, just challenge Notre Dame to try and beat you through the air. Try to get enough stops on early downs, first and second down, get them behind the sticks, and force them to have to convert more third and long and second and long situations in order to give yourself a better chance to get the defense off the field. Offensively, Based on Notre Dame's pass defense and how good their pass rush seems to be, it seems like South Carolina is going to have to do what they've done in the past couple games, which is they're going to have to keep a couple of extra blockers back in the pocket at times. Again, call some play-action rollout, call some bootleg pass concepts to get Spencer Rattler moving outside the pocket, give him some extra time, give him some extra cushion, and... Again, just let those receivers go to work down the field. Let Antoine Wells get open. Josh Fan, if he is going to be able to play, he is questionable right now, according to what Shane Beamer said at his bowl game press conference on Sunday afternoon. But just let those wide receivers go to work down the field and trust Spencer Rattler that he is going to make good decisions and throw the ball in the right spot. So... 
that's a very quick synopsis of Notre Dame and what they're going to bring on both sides of the ball. Again, as more time passes and we get closer and closer to this game, we will go more in-depth on what Notre Dame is going to bring to the field and how South Carolina is going to need to counter them. But nonetheless, a big-time matchup for South Carolina here against the Fighting Irish in the Tax Larrigator Bowl. Again, probably the biggest matchup for them in the postseason since they faced off against the Michigan Wolverines back in the 2017 Outback Bowl. This is another great opportunity for this program to take another step forward in their journey back to the national stage in the sport of college football. Now, of course, South Carolina is going to hope that they're going to have a couple of offensive stars that are going to be playing in this bowl game. And based on what one player said and what another player hinted at on social media, it looks like South Carolina is going to have at least two of their bigger offensive stars on the field on December 30th in Jacksonville. So who are those players that I'm talking about? I'll discuss that in more detail in just a few minutes right here on Locked on Gamecocks. But before we get into the weeds of all that, I do want to let y'all know that today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Omaha Steaks, who has everything you need to give a gift that's simply perfect. Gifts like perfectly aged tender steaks, juicy burgers, decadent desserts, and classic comfort meals. My family has tried Omaha Steak products in the past, from their pork chops to their tenderloin. We've tried a multitude of different things. We have loved Omaha Steaks, and it is the perfect thing to give to your friend or family member who may be looking for some to cook during the evening hours of the day because Omaha Steaks is a gourmet gift from the heart, and it's a gift that your family member or friend will remember with every unforgettable bite. Plus, with this special offer, you can get $30 off of your order as long as you meet a minimum order requirement. So shop early and beat the shipping rush and get an order that is backed by their unconditional money-back guarantee by visiting omahasteaks.com using the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to get that extra $30 off of your order. Again, a minimum order requirement may be in place to get the $30 deal. Welcome back to this Monday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. Thank y'all once again for making Locked On Gamecocks your first listen today. Now for your next listen, I would like for y'all to go check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast where the biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the tag of the day all take place. The Locked On Sports Today podcast is available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. All right, so continuing our discussion surrounding South Carolina's bowl matchup against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Obviously, a couple of big storylines regarding South Carolina's end has been the possibility of a couple of offensive players maybe playing in the bowl game or foregoing the bowl game in order to prepare themselves for the NFL draft. And there's a few different players that fit this conversation. Guys like Spencer Rattler, Antoine Juice Wells, Jaheim Bell, Marshawn Lloyd, and a couple of other guys as well who maybe have a COVID year of eligibility remaining. However, apparently South Carolina is going to have a couple of these guys playing in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl on December 30th. As on Saturday evening, it was reported by Chris Clark of Gamecock Central that Spencer Rattler is planning on playing in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. 
Now, Spencer Rattler's quote that he gave to Chris Clark while attending the Garnet Trust event, which is a collective that is associated with Gamecock Central. They did this whole thing where I think they basically did a watch party of the SEC Championship game. While Rattler was attending all that, the quote that he gave to Chris Clark was this. I'm definitely going to play in the bowl game. You know, finish strong here with my team. Now, there's a lot of fans out there, or at least a certain portion of fans that I have seen, who read this quote and literally at first when reading the quote was super happy because it's like, this is great. Spencer Rattler's playing the bowl game. That means there's a good chance he might come back. And then they read the latter half of the quote where he said, finish strong here with my team. And they went, wait, finish strong here. Wait, what do you mean by finish strong here? Wait, wait, does that mean that he might be gone? Does that mean this is going to be his last game? If you're thinking all of this right now, let me try to break this down real quick. So just to start off bluntly, I would not analyze the latter portion of this quote so deeply. Obviously, the interview or the question that was asked by Chris Clark to Spencer Rattler was not caught on audio. It was not caught on video. It was just a simple written down quote that Chris Clark got. So you have no facial expressions or tone to read with this quote. So because it's just purely words, I would not try and read it a certain way to try and figure out basically whether or not Spencer Rattler is going to come back. That's point number one. Point number two. I would stick to the fact that if Spencer Rattler was clearly planning on going pro, he would probably not be playing in this bowl game, okay? Because, look, you could also make the argument that Spencer Rattler is playing in this bowl game because he's doing this as a way to repay Shane Beamer and this coaching staff for giving him another opportunity to be a high-level starting quarterback in college football, for believing in him after all of the stuff that he went through over in Norman, Oklahoma back in 2021. That could definitely be the case as well. But my point is this. The door for Spencer Rowler to come back is still open. I think that it is very clear at this point that Spencer Rattler has not made a final decision. I think that it is clear that there's going to be a couple things that are going to be playing into consideration here. One could be a potential performance in the bowl game. If South Carolina goes out against Notre Dame and Spencer Rattler goes off again, let's say that he throws for like a minimum of 300 passing yards, maybe two or three touchdowns, and let's say he only throws maybe one pick or no picks at all. If Spencer Rattler does something like that, which would be three straight games in a row that he has thrown for 300-plus yards and multiple TDs, then you could see how Spencer Rattler could take that performance and say, you know something, I think I am ready to go on to the NFL because I play in this pro-style system. I was not great maybe at the beginning of the year, but I just put together three good games against three really good opponents in Tennessee, Clemson, and Notre Dame which has NFL players on each of those defenses. I don't see what else I got to prove here. That could definitely play out that way. Spencer Rattler could also be looking at who Shane Beamer is going to hire as his new offensive coordinator, which I brought that up on one of my shows last week. He could also be looking at maybe the players who could be coming back on offense. Obviously, Juice Wells is one who I'm going to talk about in just a second. Jaheim Bell, Austin Stogner, Marshawn Lloyd, and some of these other Seniors who, again, have the COVID year that is there if they want it. 
A lot of these guys will probably decide whether or not they're going to come back, though, based off of what Spencer Rattler decides to do. So you have to think it's pretty much going to be based off of the bowl performance and the hired offensive coordinator in regards to what Spencer Rattler is going to do in terms of whether or not he could leave for the NFL or come back to Columbia. Now, that's Spencer Rattler. There was another player, however, who was hinted that he is probably going to be playing in the bowl game as well. As Antoine Juice Wells on Sunday afternoon put out a tweet on Twitter which said, quote, don't care who we play, they going to get this work with the 100 emoji. So clearly based off of that statement, Antoine Wells is playing in this bowl game. And again, if you've been watching Antoine Juice Wells and you've seen his attitude, heard about, you know, how he practices and everything with his teammates and whatnot, then you know that Antoine Juice Wells is just one of those guys that is just uber competitive. He definitely is a guy that, you know, doesn't have a lack of self-confidence. Antoine Juice Wells is somebody that has great belief in his ability to go out and execute what he needs to do and to beat the guy across from him the majority of the time. So I think that it is great news for South Carolina that they're going to have both their starting quarterback and clearly their number one wide receiver out there in the ballgame against Notre Dame. Again, not a guarantee that Antoine Wells is going to come back, but I think that does leave the door slightly open still to the possibility of Antoine Wells coming back for one last ride with the South Carolina Gamecocks. So those two are going to be playing in the bowl game, which is definitely going to be a boost for South Carolina's offense. Now, South Carolina is going to lose some players either way on both sides of the ball throughout the offseason, whether it's guys that are leaving to go on to the NFL or guys that are going to be graduating and don't have any eligibility left regardless. So because of all that, you obviously have high school recruits that are coming in, but you've also got the transfer portal that you got to think about. And the transfer portal is opening officially today, the first window that is, and it's going to be open for the next two weeks. And it is going to be a wild bonanza of events that is going to transpire based on all the guys who have already entered the portal and what all could happen from this day forward. So who could South Carolina target? What could their wish list be in terms of positions that they would like to get a player for next year's squad? We're going to touch on all that in just a few moments, but before I touch on the potential positions that South Carolina could target in this transfer portal window, I do want to let y'all know that today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Simply Safe. Now, at Locked On Gamecocks, we believe home should be where you and your family feel the safest, especially over the holiday season. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system in Simply Safe. Right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On Gamecock listeners 40% off of a new security system, but this deal is only available for a limited time. Now, what I love about Simply Safe is the fact that you can quite literally take any of their sensors, and put them on any door or window, practically just about any area in your home. Because look, obviously, when people talk about home security systems, they always think first about threats from outside the home. But you've also got to think about what could happen inside the home. Maybe uh, one of your children starts a freak accident in the living room or in the kitchen area. Maybe there's a horrific fire that starts because maybe you forgot something that was in the oven and you left it in there for too long. 
you need to be protective of both the exterior and the interior of your home, which is why Simply Safe is the perfect security system for you and your family. So don't miss out on your chance to save big on my favorite security system in Simply Safe. Get 40% off of any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on college today. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. Okay, so let's get on to a potential transfer portal wish list that the South Carolina Gamecocks might have this offseason. Starting off with the offensive side of the ball, the first position that sticks out in my eyes is the center position. The Gamecocks are losing center Eric Douglas, who has exhausted all of his eligibility up to this point. The bowl game will be his final game as a South Carolina Gamecock. Three or four year starter at the position, brought a ton of experience to that spot, and you can never go wrong with having a guy that is seasoned at that position. Now, with the loss of Eric Douglas, the question that South Carolina needs to ask is, is there anyone behind him or anyone on the O-line in general who could currently fill in that role? And to be honest... If I'm the South Carolina Gamecocks, I'm a bit uncertain in terms of answering that question because right now, the only two candidates on this offensive line, both currently on the roster and coming in, that could probably play that position would be Hank Monos and Vershawn Lee. And the thing is, Hank Monos has been at that position for multiple seasons now, but Monos, when he has got his opportunities, I don't want to say that he hasn't been able to, you know, play the position to the highest of abilities, but he has not always had the greatest moments in that spot. And being the center, especially in a more pro-style offense, is a lot to ask. So I don't know if Hegmanos could necessarily do it. And for Sean Lee, I mean, he's never really played at this position either. I think for Sean Lee, you know, may have gotten some emergency snaps there once or twice in his career, but for the most part, he has been playing left guard or right guard. So could you see Fashad Lee maybe slide over to the center position over the off season? Sure, you could, but again, it's different when you're playing the center position relative to the left guard or right guard position. There's a lot more responsibilities on your plate, a lot more communication that is required at that spot, a lot more pre-snap reads that are involved at that spot. So, you know, it's just kind of like the backup quarterback in a sense. It's one thing when you don't have to worry about all those responsibilities and you can just sort of be the backup and sit back and watch someone else do it. But it's different when you're actually put in that spot. Some guys learn that the hard way. I'm not saying Rashawn Lee couldn't handle it, but, you know, again, it's not probably a certainty. So if you're South Carolina, you might need to get a seasoned vet at that center position in the transfer portal. Left tackle. Maybe there's a couple of other guys in the JUCO ranks that you go after to try to fill in that role. You're certainly not going to ask any of the true freshmen you're bringing in to try to fill in that spot. So for South Carolina, this might not be something they do in the transfer portal, but they got to get someone else that can battle for that starting position at the left tackle spot or else they could be in some trouble in that spot heading into 2023. Wide receiver. I think South Carolina needs to get one or two receivers in the portal without a question. They're losing Josh Fan and Jalen Brooks. They could also lose guys like Juice Wells, Amarian Brown, to carry on Joyner and Xavier Leggett. There is a situation where they could lose all four of those guys. 
Now, Corey Rucker, of course, is coming back from injury. He is more of a slot-wide receiver, so you will probably see him playing inside without a doubt this next year. So combining his skills at the slot position along with the other guys that I just mentioned outside of Wells, I think that South Carolina has got to find a receiver who can play at one of those outside receiver positions. A couple of receivers to potentially watch, Grant DuBose and Elijah Spencer from Charlotte. Both of those guys have showcased a lot of talent the last couple of years. Grant DuBose is a very productive college wideout. Elijah Spencer was the freshman of the year in Conference USA in 2021. Oh, and he just happened to play at Dutch Fork High School up in Irmo. So, yeah, there's a couple of options right there that South Carolina could target at that wide receiver spot. Maybe some other guys that I did not just bring up. Defensive end. I definitely think that South Carolina has got to get defensive end out of the transfer portal at some point. They could potentially lose Jordan Strawn if he does not apply for a medical waiver or maybe if he has his medical waiver declined. And they could also lose Jordan Birch to the NFL. And Terrell Dawkins, who transferred in from NC State this past offseason, he practically lost the entire season to injuries. So you have Desmond Yumeo-Zulu and Montague Rames who are coming in to four-star edge defenders who are going to provide some solid young depth at those spots. But again, you don't want to have to overly rely on these true freshmen to come in and have to play significant snaps right away. So South Carolina, in my eyes, definitely needs to get at least one defensive end or edge defender, maybe two in case both Jordan Stratton and Jordan Birch both end up being gone. And the last position where I think South Carolina might want to get someone is cornerback. South Carolina is losing Cam Smith to the NFL. More than likely, Darius Rush is going to be gone as well. Now, David Spaulding, who has played a lot of nickelback, especially at that spot, he is going to be back from his season-ending surgery that he had earlier in the year, probably in spring practice, and be able to come back, of course, for fall camp and the 2023 season altogether. And the depth behind those guys are all going to be a year older. But South Carolina... Realistically speaking, I think that they need another veteran outside cornerback who can handle running some man coverage in Clayton White's defensive scheme so as to keep some continuity there in the starting lineup and not see too much of a significant drop-off. So if I'm South Carolina, I will probably think about going into the transfer portal at this position as well to at least, again, just get one cornerback to fill in one of those starting outside corner spots. But with all that being said, that's going to do it for today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope that y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show. As always, what are y'all's thoughts on what position South Carolina should target in the transfer portal while the first window is open? What are your thoughts on the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl matchup between the Gamecocks and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish? And also, do you think that Antoine Wells is going to come back this next season? What are your opinions on all of those matters? Let me know down below in the comments section if you're watching today's show on YouTube or you can shoot me a message at a line underscore SC on Twitter, and I'll respond to your message as quickly as I see it. Once again, don't forget to make the Locked On Sports Today podcast your second listen now that you have listened to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Thank you all once again for tuning in to today's show. I hope that you all have a great rest of your Monday and a good start to the work week, and I'll catch you all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. 